So how big a deal was it for you to make this move away from X, which I'm just going to call Twitter because most people know it as Twitter? I would say that our move away from Twitter was confronting the reality that Twitter had decided to move away from virtually all Substack authors many months ago. And um, as anybody who um, is a Substack author who has participated or continues to participate on Twitter can attest, um, when Substack launched Notes, the new owner of Twitter decided to really throttle anything and everything to do with mentions of Substack, links to Substack, and so on. And it took a few months for us to come to grips with that fact. And then the decision was driven primarily because of the impact on other Substack authors. It's one thing to build a business by leveraging an external social media site like we did um, with old Twitter, mm-hmm. feeding our Substack sort of front end. Mm-hmm. But it's an entirely different challenge to maintain or you know keep growing at a, at a modest pace, a, a, a large existing business like ours. And so mm-hmm. we didn't need Twitter um, we don't need Twitter. We've left Twitter and we're still growing it. So how much of this is tied to the specific ethics of um, that one platform and that one person running the platform and your feelings about that versus uh, like a a broader philosophical position on how one thinks about the ownership one has over one's audience and the level of control you have and how that relationship is mediated? I would say that if the new owner of Twitter had not specifically and proactively throttled all Substack authors, we would almost certainly still be on the platform. So it's his private property. He can run his property in any way that he sees fit. We obviously have some objections to some of the ways in which the platform has evolved, but the primary driver and the motivation to to leave the platform was because of the impact on all of our friends. Twitter under the previous owners wasn't the best place um, either. Like it's a hard, it's a, it's probably a hard franchise to run. And I, I have no particular animosity or ill will towards the new owner. I just think that um, from a practical perspective, another thing for us to consider is we're a very small team, you know, all of the Doomberg team and we have limited time. We spend an enormous amount of time researching, writing, editing, publishing, and promoting these pieces. And um, if we're going to waste a lot of time for no return, by trying to evade or trick an algorithm that's programmed against us versus contributing to the ecosystem on notes where at least we know that we will get uh, fair treatment. (laughs) (laughs) And also um, we're going to open up chat for our subscribers. We're going to, we're going to make a go of it in the Substack ecosystem because I'd rather lose with our partners than win with an antagonist uh, in spite of an antagonist. Well, Notes is small by comparison to Twitter and other social media platforms. It's just beginning. It's a, it's a baby. And yet you're putting so much of your energy and effort and time there now. But how much of it do you think of that as a shift of emphasis and investment to this specific short form content feed versus a, a more um, holistic approach to investing in the Substack ecosystem? It's, it's much more the latter, but I would say, you know, we started with zero followers on Twitter. So we're used to building something starting small. Mm-hmm. And we are starting not so small on notes. We have 176,000 emails, which means we have 176,000 potential uh, people to interact with on that platform. When we open up chat um, to our paying subscribers, that'll bring hopefully a new set of eyeballs. And But it's okay. And by the way, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like life is good. Um, life is great. <laughs> uh, this is like we are playing from a position of personal strength 
really hard learned lesson in life is you can't make a good deal with a bad person. And whatever you think of the new owner of Twitter, and we probably don't even need to go down that vertical, but the people that we have met at Substack have all been genuinely good people. And I do think you can make a good deal with good people. And um, money is but one small parameter in the vast complicated equation of happiness. And um, having been all forms of wealth in my life, um, including very poor, of course, there's no question that more, all things being equal is better. But once you have more than enough, the endless chase for even more actually becomes a disease. We were faking it on Twitter for the past three or four months, going through the motions. Mm-hmm. It, it's not like it was before, where we would publish a link to our piece and you would see five, six, seven hundred likes and a hundred retweets and good comments and bad comments and trolls and all of the things that we all know Twitter was. But now you publish a link to a piece, and even though we have 250,000 plus followers, it gets 10 likes, 14 mm-hmm. likes. It's very clear that the, the platform doesn't want you there. And so it's kind of like being dumped in high school. Like you just, at some point you have to move on. Before you listed among your key goals, helping other substackers or other helping other substack writers. Why did you say that? Um, we're, first of all, it's just a karma thing. We're big believers in surfing the sea of abundance and that the NPV of giving is infinite. What's, MP, what's, what's NPV? Sorry. Yeah. Net present value. Okay. So the, it costs you nothing to help other people. We've probably had half hour to hour long conversations with 40 aspiring Substack authors um, since the beginning of Doomberg. And uh, we charge nothing for any of these. And these range from people that have huge social media platforms that are interested in joining Substack. (laughs) The world works in funny ways. Um, This investment has a way of paying back. You don't do it for the payback. But if you sort of surf the sea of abundance, uh, you never really have to worry about feeding your family. And it's just a a superior way to live. (laughs) And also, Substack. Uh, if Substack succeeds, well, first of all, we should say, full disclosure, we made a, a sizable investment in the author-led round. We are now equity owners in Substack, and so we are not without conflict. And we said in the piece, and this is the truth, that that, that was not an input into our departure from Twitter, but it did impact where we decided to go um, correctly. Mm-hmm. But also, the more people who join Substack, i.e. the more authors we help who bring their audiences into the Substack ecosystem, you get that network effect. And maybe one of them sees the green chicken because of a recommendation or they see a note or an author they like restacks one of our pieces with a compliment. And that's a great way to grow and to beat back churn. And so, you know, if there's 30 million subscriptions in Substack today and 2 million of them paid, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but that feels about right. Um, If that number grows to 250 million subscriptions, is Doomberg better or worse for that right it's better by a lot and so it kind of feels like the early days of youtube and um it's an asymmetric bet if substack wins and becomes the sort of the the youtube of writing except driven by subscribers and and not you know uh, ads and so on then we would be early and you know like with you know bill bishop and the other sort of big name substack um authors um, would be sort of ogs in something that that blows up and what a what a great victory that would be for all of us. And if it doesn't, uh, we still have our own business. That's one of the beauties of the Substack model. We have our email list that we own, and we could port to a website of our own making and um, continue doing what we're doing and tip our hat to the Substack team. But if we did that, at least we would know that we did our level best mm-hmm. to give the maximum chance for that utopian outcome to manifest. 
Uh, and so that is the, the real one of the real driving. It's sort of a free call option for us. How do you intend to use the constellation of products in the Substack ecosystem? So notes is the newest thing. Chat already exists. You've got your long form posts that uh, has been your bread and butter. What's your strategy for weaving these things together and getting the most out of it? Right now, our primary objective is to delight our existing subscribers. And in so doing, to rely on them and the goodwill we will create with them by delighting them to assist us to replace the functionality that Twitter provided in Doomberg 1.0. And once we can stabilize that and the secondary benefits of helping other substackers and creating something together on notes and starting over again, you know, we're ultimately builders. And so mm-hmm. you know, to build something new on notes uh, is, is no big deal for us. It's actually quite fun. It's what we enjoy doing. And so, yes, when we publish something on notes, it might get 25 likes. And that's a fraction of what we used to get on old Twitter. But actually, each of those likes means more. Yeah. Because it's authentic and it's new and and we're starting over. And so um, our plan is to um, leverage the full suite of tools that Substack has made available to us and to all other author entrepreneurs, as I like to call them, to use them for the maximum advantage of, of finding customers, enticing them, delighting them, you know, and 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 so on and repeat. And um and again, it ultimately if we write great pieces and we continue to be a good podcast guest, um Twitter had sort of radically diminished in its importance, but it hadn't diminished in our mind share, in the allocation of our mind share. And so really our departure from Twitter is correcting an error mm. uh, that we had allowed to fester. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the aftermath of the new owner's response to the launch of Notes. Mm-hmm. What's an example of something you might publish on Notes that's different to what you might publish in a long-form post? One of our rules on Twitter, which we will keep on Notes, is if we would never write about it, we just don't tweet about it, which mm-hmm. was a really clarifying way to participate in what can be an incredibly toxic platform. Mm-hmm. And so we managed to avoid many of the social hotspots of the day because we would just ask ourselves, would we ever write a piece about that? Mm-hmm. And if the answer was yes, fine, tweet away. And by the way, if we tweeted enough about something that we hadn't written about, then we'd either stop tweeting it or, or write the piece, <laughs> right? But if 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 we would never tweet about it, we, what if we never write about it, what are we doing tweet about? It? And the other philosophy that we had was if we wouldn't send this tweet to our email list, what are we writing on a public platform? Like a lot of people don't use their social media accounts in ways that are consistent with the brand ambition of their Substack, in this case, for example. So, if you wouldn't, if you would re- reply to somebody and get into a troll contest with somebody on Twitter, would you would you send that trollish tweet to your email list? Mm-hmm. If the answer is no, then what are you doing tweeting it? In mm-hmm. our view, they were functionally the equivalent. So, mm-hmm. we always assumed that all of our email subscribers would read every tweet, mm-hmm. and that's the way we treated Twitter, and that's the way we'll treat Notes. And so, on Notes, we will create bite-sized quanta of information, links, things we find interesting, consistent with the Doomberg brand and the subset of things that we would write about. Now we write about a wide variety of topics. And so, but we would never write about abortion, for example. So when the Supreme Court made their infamous decision, we didn't tweet about it. Mm-hmm. You won't find anything on the Doomberg Twitter account uh, on that topic. There's plenty of people on both sides of that debate. Uh, we had nothing uh, particularly interesting to it. And so, um, but energy and finance and the economy at large and the things that we would write about, a bit of crypto, and we've broken into cancer a little bit here recently, and we wrote about the superconductor piece, I think it was a pretty good piece that will prove prescient. And so 
we we write about a wide enough array of topics that we have no shortage of things that we can post to notes. Um, but we will view notes as an alternative to Twitter where our free subscribers will see all of our posts. And um, if they begin to like the personality behind the account and some of our thoughts and the things that we post, they might eventually decide to jump over the paywall. Um, and the one thing that we do like about notes that we think is very powerful is everybody on notes is in the Substack ecosystem. Whereas on Twitter, a fraction of the people on Twitter runs, mm -hmm. were in the Substack ecosystem. And so while the raw number of impressions might be lower, the quality of the engagements is is substantially higher because they're in this they're in the ecosystem already. right what one thing we'd like to think we're doing at substack is gathering an audience of people who really value culture and who are willing to pay writers who they believe are rewarding their trust and rewarding and respecting their attention which is not the same thing as try and get every reader in the world in this ecosystem it's not the same thing as play the mass market play and reward people with lots of retweets or likes. It's connecting with the right people. Yeah, and, and look, there's only so many business models for a creator. And you could sell ads against your impressions or you could sell subscriptions against your your the high quality work or you could do some combination of two or you, know, you mm -hmm. could host a conference, you could be a consultant, you could do a professional public speaking, pick your favorite. We've gone with the subscriber model for a variety of reasons. And I, I one of the things that we do love about Substack is that it's very clear that if somebody is achieving success on Substack, they will eventually go paid. And that is just part of the deal. Whereas on Twitter, it was all free. It was free ranging. And so that's why Twitter trying to pivot to subscriptions and trying to pay creators. It just is not how that entire ecosystem was born nor evolved. And so it's, it's a much more abrupt change. Hmm. Whereas with Substack, the rules are clear. Everybody knows. And so when we looked at the totality of the options on offer, it really was a no-brainer um, from an ethical perspective, from a giving back perspective, from a loyalty and friendship. You know, if some if if person A, you and the Substack team have done nothing over the last two and a half years, but worked really hard to make sure we're successful. And then we have this other platform that is huge and has lots of, you know, potential, but the, the new owner has decided that the entire tribe that you're in is no longer welcome. It's a very easy decision. And look, we, we don't criticize anybody who's staying. Like this is this is not, we're not moralizing or or trying to start a movement. Um, we have a finite number of hours in the day, a finite number of days in our lives. And I'd much rather produce content for a couple of dozen people on Substack who truly appreciate it than to try and figure out why the algorithm is throttling us again on Twitter.